Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Well, welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast. I'm glad that you've joined us on this beautiful day. Thank you so much for making time to be part of a community of leaders. The beautiful thing about growth is the fact that it doesn't happen in a day, but it takes place daily. I think it was John Maxwell who spoke uh, to this. And again, this is extremely important because oftentimes the effort that you make as a leader to grow in your leadership, you might not see it immediately, but it's compounding over time. It's helping you make better decisions. It's helping you to lead better It's also helping you to be more self-aware. On today's podcast episode, I've got a special treat for you. As most of us know, I am a person of faith. I believe in God, uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I lead an amazing, vibrant church in the city of Emalahleni, Whitbank. And funny enough, I was just teaching recently on a lesson from an amazing leader. And I was thinking I'd really like to infuse this in our podcast community where I'll be cleaning certain lessons from incredible leaders. I think one of the best places, I was going to say library, uh, but for lack of a better word, one of the best libraries, rather, uh, let me just use that term, or archives where we can pull um, and get leadership example from is the word of God. It's full of amazing stories of leaders who led amazing. Imagine you've got a man who led over 2 million people out of slavery into the promised land. It takes a leader who has a mind to be able to lead 2 million people. Imagine old people, young people, kids, cattle, the works going to a place you don't even know. And that's leadership, being able to cast vision of a better future that you've not even seen yourself, but you do know that it's possible. And that's part of what we're going to be doing time and time again, just cleaning certain lessons from the Word of God. And on today's episode, I would like us to look at the life of King David. King David is one of the great kings who was there, who was chosen by God. And I would like us to look at five key thoughts that I strongly believe will help us lead better, learning from King David. Firstly, we'll talk about how he was chosen by God. We'll talk secondly about how he nearly missed his opportunity. We'll also talk about how his brothers were not for him and how they resented him. We'll also look at how he was faithful to the responsibility that he had. We'll also look at how he served while waiting for his seat on the throne. Firstly, I mentioned that he was chosen. 
he was chosen and he didn't even know that he was chosen. The funny thing is that God comes to uh, Samuel, the prophet at, at the time, and says to him, how long will you mourn for Saul, who was the existing leadership structure at the time, seeing that I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And what I love about this is how God says, I have provided myself a king among his sons. And this speaks to how when you are chosen by God, you are chosen by him himself. And he chose you before the foundations of the world. So he says, I've chosen him. Not only have I chosen him, but I know what he's going to do or what I would like to do through him. And when Samuel gets there, you, you actually find that we've got this young boy who's chosen, serving his father, but he doesn't know that he's chosen. And there he is, he's out with the sheep, uh, taking care of the herd and the flock of his father. Samuel gets there, he's sent to anoint, he begins to come and the brothers are there. Jesse, the father of David, begins to allow the sons to pass by. And there are about seven of them who passed by. Saul, looking at them, he actually looked at their appearance and thought, okay, this has to be the one. He's got the stature for it. He looks like the king fit, only to find out that's not the yardstick that God uses. And this is the second point which speaks of how he nearly missed his opportunity. So God speaks now to Samuel and says, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. And this speaks to Eliab, who was the older brother who Samuel wanted to anoint. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What do we learn here? Three things. Firstly, God doesn't see things the way we see them. Oftentimes we look at the outward appearance and that's because that's all we can see when we use our natural eyes. However, as a leader, it's extremely important for you to always use sight that is not only through the lens of your physical eyes. And this is the insight that you get through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, through the intuition, through your conscience, so that it helps you to see beyond. And this is going to be very important for your leadership because there are certain relationships that might look good externally. But if you don't have this eye, you look at the outward appearance and conclude deals that might mess up the trajectory of your life. Because not everything that glitters is gold. I'm going to repeat that again. Not everything that glitters is gold. I remember back at home, my mother used to have all these beautiful ornaments that she would decorate uh, the TV stand back then. Uh, we'd call it uh, one of, it was brass, brasso, I think was the name they would use. It was brass and it would be different ornaments. When I was still young, I was sure we are the richest family <laughs> in our neighborhood because we had so many gold, quote unquote, articles in our house. And here I was so happy that we reached out, polished them, out them the older I got however I realized it's actually not gold it's brass even though it looks like gold it's not gold and this is so important for us as leaders to understand that oftentimes we must never look at the outward appearance and conclude we need to tear through the outward appearance and begin to look at the heart and that's the first lesson the second lesson is how Men do look at the outward appearance. And this now brings responsibility to us as leaders to ensure that within our leadership, we work on the outward appearance, how things appear externally. And this speaks to excellence. Never do something in the attempt of, no, God understands my heart. That's good and proper. God definitely does understand your heart. But people 
don't connect with you firstly with your heart. They connect with your outward appearance and then through relationship, they're able to get to know your heart. So do a lot of work to ensure that your outward appearance is together. Thirdly, looking at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. And this now helps us as leaders to understand that God sees our heart. And I'm saying this to speak to a David who's out there in the field serving. Uh, nothing is looking up to you. It seems like you're just here uh, tending the sheep. Your brothers are in battle and you feel left behind. Don't worry. If your, right is in, if your heart is in the right place, God is looking and in due time he will ensure that he will lift you up. Yours is to remain humble yours is to remain serving and in due time your opportunity will come you won't miss it that's what i wanted to emphasize that when you've been chosen by god an opportunity has been created for you by god even though you might not be in the room at that time we will find you and you will show up and you will be anointed for such a time as this thirdly so firstly, we spoke about how he was anointed. Second, we spoke about how he nearly missed his opportunity. Thirdly, uh, one of the lessons we also learn is how his brothers um, knew that he was anointed because he was anointed in their presence. However, uh, one of the things that always challenges me is how they did not embrace the anointing upon their brother. Why am I saying this? When he got to battlefield, to the battlefield and Goliath was defying the armies for 40 days, um, defying the armies of the Lord, here comes this young man and will talk to that a bit now now um here he is and he asks his brothers the first question they ask whom have you left those few sheep with that was demeaning that was condescending in nature because they were actually trying to lower and i would say crush his self-esteem and self-confidence uh, that you're not supposed to be here we are the ones who are trained for this you are supposed to be there with the few sheep imagine emphasis on few sheep uh, that also speaks of how what you're actually doing is not that important. It's actually small. It's insignificant. It's actually just, it's a few sheep for heaven's sake, David. Uh, and however, to me, that's where I feel like the brothers were the ones who were supposed to embrace him. They were the ones who were supposed to descend the difference, which is wisdom in the life of David, understanding that no man, we were there when you were anointed. Maybe this anointing is meant to work for us. Maybe this anointing is meant to fight what we are trained for. And that's the lesson that we learn here, that some people might be trained for a specific position. Some people might be anointed for a specific uh, position. And that's the difference because anointing makes a difference. Over and above training, one needs anointing to lead uh, in the battlefield because we had Saul who had the position. In fact, he even wanted to give David his armor to use it to fight, which he failed to use because if it really worked, Saul, you are meant to use it and kill Goliath yourself. But you failed to do that. Now you want to give me something that failed to work for you. Don't worry. Saul, I'm good. I'm covered. I've got anointing. The anointing of God upon my life will enable me to step up and rise to the plate. What am I saying? As brothers, we need to be able to discern the difference in our brothers, celebrate it, and give it a platform to shine when we know that we've tried, but there's someone who's anointed. We always need to know the people who are anointed to do certain things. And that's where the cluster of anointing begins to flow. Take Joseph's brothers, for example, they knew his dream, but instead they tried to kill him, throw him in the pit, etc., etc. Imagine if they helped him to achieve his dream, how their dream not only worked for him, it worked for the whole of Israel, Egypt rather at that time, but also even worked for them where they had to come to him and get food in the time of famine. And his whole family was saved and given land in the future because of the dream that he had that they tried to suppress.
So what am I saying? Brothers, let's celebrate and honor the anointing that our brothers might have. And I'm not saying this uh, sex specific, but I'm saying this to either male or female, just talking as to how as a community of either sisters, let's celebrate the anointing that our sisters might have and work with it. So firstly, he was chosen. Not only was he chosen, he nearly missed his opportunity. His brothers had a bit of beef with him. But what I love as I try to bring in my plane for landing is how his gift made room for him to serve. And that's what the book of Proverbs teaches us. I think it was written by his son, um, King Solomon, who spoke about how in the book of Proverbs, your gift will make room for you. And oftentimes your gift will make room for you, but it is your character that keeps those rooms or that door rather open for you. Why am I saying this? Because uh, the word of God teaches us that there was a distressing spirit that would come upon Saul, who was at that time the leader who was sitting on the throne. And a young anointed boy had to come and it's the word of God teaches us that he was skillful in playing. So I want us to clean three lessons from this. Firstly, he, he was skillful in playing. He was anointed, yes, but over and above anointing, he was skillful. Because in as much as you are anointed, you need to add to your skill. As a leader, in whatever sphere of leadership that you are in, it becomes important for you to begin to ensure that within my leadership acumen, I am very, very intentional about growing in skill. Because your anointing when you get to um, Saul to serve at that level, yes, it is your anointing that will break the yoke, lift the burden, begin to lift the distressing spirit. But it is the skill that allows him to be able to listen. And as he listens to the skill, the anointing begins to work. So if I were to put it this way, I would say the skill is the container that contains the oil. And oftentimes, if the container is not attractive, it's a bit hard for people to get to the content in the container. So work on sharpening your skill as a leader. Secondly, the word of God says he was a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech. Prudent in speech is the part I want to emphasize. Very, very important. Work on your speech because you need to learn how to talk. This is conversational intelligence. There's a podcast I did where I speak about conversational intelligence. Know how to speak, how to, as a leader, know the language and the jargon of wherever you want to serve. A handsome person, this speaks of ensuring that you are also doing the work externally to ensure that you look the part and the Lord was with him. So his gift made room for him to serve. Let me bring in my plane for landing. One of the things I love about David and how as a leader, part of how he got to his assignment was when his father sent him to go uh, to take uh, bread and food for to his brothers. And one of the things we learned there is that he, he rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, took the things, and he went as he was commanded by his father. And just three lessons I just really want to clean as we bring in our plane for landing. Firstly, he rose early in the morning. He didn't wait. He, he There was an urgency to his assignment. There was an urgency to his assignment. Secondly, he left the sheep with a keeper. This speaks of how he didn't overlook now that he's got a new responsibility and just left everything. Uh, they'll just see how they work around it. But he ensured that he gets a keeper to leave or guard what he is walking out of. Ensure that as you walk into, as you walk out of something, there is someone that you've trained who is walking into that particular space. That's extremely important. And that's what we learn from David. We learn how David 
was so wise and him being so wise, he had a bunch of mighty men that he began to lead. And, and what I love is how all these men came to him. They were not wise. They were poor. They were distressed. However, his leadership began working on a small scale. And from that small scale, he tried, he tested his leadership. And we see this a lot in terms of how his private victories gave him room to lead at a public scale. And this is where the rubber meets the road for us as leaders. Never despise the days of small beginnings. Never despise the bear that you are killing in secret. Never despise the lion that you are killing in secret. It's actually preparing you for the public battle where you're going to be facing Goliath. And you would leverage that experience and it will give you confidence and boldness to know that the God who was with me when I killed the bear and the lion will be with me when I kill you today. Goliath. So what am I saying to us as leaders? We learn so many amazing lessons from this amazing leader, David. There's quite a lot that I can say to him, but these are the ones which I, I would like to share with us on today's episode. Remember that you are chosen. Remember that as you are chosen, your gift will make room for you. As brothers, let's learn to celebrate the difference that our brothers have and try as best as we can to give them room to use the gifts that they have. Let's remain responsible even when on assignment. Let's ensure that whatever we are walking out of, we've trained and are training someone to walk into. And never despise the private victories that you experience because they're gonna come in handy in public. Thank you so much for being part of this episode. I know it's a bit different and Within leadership, I strongly believe that spiritual formation is also so important for us. And I know that as we learn from this amazing leader and apply these lessons, it will help us lead better, be people of character, and people who know the nuances of how to lead and serve and become all that God has called us to be. So thank you so much. And I'm glad that you've been part of the episode. Do remember to head over to our website. The link is in the show notes for you to be able to download the episode notes. So till we meet again in next episode, continue to take your lead. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.mzwandilemakakula.com. And if you are a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.